Welcome to episode number 85 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. Quality Christian Living has to do with living a high positive, encouraging, abundant, overflowing Christian life. Now, some of you might say, is that possible? Well, it is according to God's Word. And so I've come up with a podcast that the Lord has placed on my heart entitled Quality Christian Living, which deals about the subjects we need to be aware of and how to deal with the challenges we face every day. Currently, we're in a series entitled Faith to Receive. And in that, there's a subtitle to today's podcast, which is Learn How God's Promises Outweigh the Obstacles. So we're going to do that today, and I promise you that today we're going to give you some tools to help you learn how to overcome obstacles and challenges in your life, and how God's promises are always there to be able to help us to carry us through the challenges that we face each and every day. So with that, before we move into it, I would be in error if I didn't invite the Holy Spirit to guide us and direct us as you listen and as I talk according to the anointing and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray now that you would bless this podcast today, that you would anoint it, and that you would help me to go into the areas that you want me to talk about, and to avoid those areas that maybe God are not for this time and this place. So I pray your blessing and your anointing, and I pray that those that are listening in today would receive the fullness of your blessing, Father, and that they would truly understand how your promises, God, always outweigh the obstacles that we face in life. For we ask these things, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Every one of us at one time or another have faced very difficult challenges. Some have bigger challenges and greater trials than others, but yet we all will face trials in life and things that we have to deal with. And each one of those requires us to have faith to get through it and to believe God for the answer. So I want to discuss a number of issues I think that will help us to learn how to deal with the obstacles of life and deal with them based upon the promises that God has placed in his word. So let's get started and let's see how the Lord's going to direct us. You know, the great men and women we read about in the word of God had one thing in common. They believed that God's promises outweighed their obstacles. Now that's a pretty powerful statement, but that's the way it is. We've got to believe that God is able to carry us through every situation we face in our life. In my own case, I've faced diagnosis three different times that were life-threatening. Three times I've been told that I had an incurable disease that would take my life. The first when I was 25 years of age, when my kidneys were failing, the doctor said there was no hope to repair them. And back in those days, they didn't feel that I could survive a kidney transplant because they were new. Now remember, I'm 75 years old. And when I had my kidney problem was 50 years ago. So there had been a lot of advances in kidney replacement from that day. And then twice with cancer issues that could have taken my life. One that I've been recently diagnosed with where they told me I had six months to live. Well, that was nearly six years ago they gave me six months to live. So I guess God's promises are true. In my own case, I thank God for it. And I don't always understand why some get their prayers answered for physical healing and others maybe not. But I do believe this, that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I also believe that our God is sovereign and he chooses to allow us to live longer because I believe he has plans for us. And many times when someone passes, I believe God has saved them from future problems or future trials or maybe even future diseases that may have come upon them. So with that, let's just move on and take a look at the story of Abraham and Sarah. Now they believed their situation was almost hopeless. Remember, God told them they'd be the father and mother of many nations. They were though in their 90s and it 
in your 90s, you're not expecting to have children, but they still held on to a small amount of hope. Now, we have all been through some type of challenge. On one hand, we may have given up on any hope for a situation to change. At the same time, we may have a glimmer of hope. If we are still thinking about something that we have verbally given up on, then there is a flicker of hope, just a tiny flicker. It kind of reminds me of a friend of mine who said that a girl he wanted to date had told him that there was less than one chance in a million that she would ever go out with him. As he was telling me this comment she had made and he was laughing at her comment, he looked at me and says, you know what? If you think about it, she did not say no, it will never happen. He actually saw a ray of hope with less than one chance in a million. He said, at least there is a chance. Now, I've heard that line over and over again in movies and various things, but I heard it for the first time when I was a teenager with a friend of mine. Let's get back to Abraham and Sarah. I'm pretty sure that they felt that the chance of having a baby was less than one in a million. However, they knew that they served the God of miracles. They never really gave up totally on the promise that God had given him. Abraham was more confident in Sarah a little less confident. But nonetheless, they stayed together and stayed focused on God's promise. They were people who would not give up. Abraham thought, I don't know, God, how you're going to do it, but you said it, and therefore I must believe it. So why do we have to give up? I'm going to ask you that. Why do you have to give up on our chance, one chance in a million, to see our dream come to life? So what must we do in order to believe that God's promises outweigh the obstacles? Think about that for a second. What do you think we must do to believe that God's promises outweigh the obstacles. Well, first, we must have faith in God's promises. Therefore, we must have faith in God, that he made those promises and that they will come to pass. Well, if you're a Christian and you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you've already by faith accepted him as Lord and Savior. So therefore, you've accepted his promises and you believe that Jesus did die. He gave his life for us that we could have everlasting life with him. He took on the sins of the world. He was resurrected after his passing. And when he was resurrected, we had the opportunity to go straight to God and receive forgiveness for our sins. That's a miracle. That took faith. It takes faith to listen to a podcast and believe to receive something from that podcast. Now think about that. So we must believe in God's promises. And I believe you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be taking the time to listen in today. Let me give you another thought. We must let God be God. Now, what in the world does that mean? When I say that we must let God be God, what I'm telling you is that we must believe that God is able, that we need to listen to him, listen and obey his word, listen to his instructions and follow those instructions, and then just sit back and wait for God to do what God does. But a lot of people don't do that. Remember, Abraham and Sarah did not let God be God. Now, what was that all about? Well, he told them they'd be the father, the parents of many nations, and Sarah couldn't get pregnant. So then Sarah said, well, Abraham, why don't you go ahead and have a child with my my lady servant that's taking care of things? And they did. And she had a child and they named him Islam. And Islam became the foundation, the beginning of an anti-God movement that lasts to this day in the world. You see, they did not let God be God. So in your circumstances, in your situation, you've got to believe in the promises of God. We all do. In my situation of being diagnosed with incurable cancer, I had to sit back and yeah, I went to doctors and yes, I prayed and yes, I had people praying with me and yes, I took the medications they gave me, but I had to sit back in faith and let God be God to do what he was going to do. You see, 
God is not limited by any obstacle that we will ever face. The concept of letting God be God allows us to see God's power and his faithfulness. God is omnipotent. God has all power. He can do anything. Don't forget that we serve the God who created everything from nothing. We serve the only God who came to earth to die and was resurrected. God's promises are in our destiny. They're in our life. They're in our future. God's promises are real. The reason that we're alive today was God's promise that he would bring life from nothing. He created us in our mother's womb. He took what man can't seem to define, can't understand it, and that is he took and created everything. We are God's creation. Man is trying so hard to disprove that. Man is out there trying to say, well, science is saying that that's not possible. Creation never happened, and the there's no way in the world that God created everything, and that there's one God overseeing everything, and the master of everything, and able to do all things. They struggle with it because they will refuse. They just simply refuse to let God be God. And if they don't surrender to him and receive his promises, then they'll never experience the joy and the fulfillment of being a follower of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and be promised eternity of peace and no disease and no sickness and no illness and no unhappiness. That's the promise that God has for us. Receive that, believe it, and expect it in your life. And I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. God's word tells it, I believe it. And as they say, the old preachers say, and that settles it. Earlier I said that God's promises are, are in our destiny. It's, it's really what we're destined to, to receive. He wants to bless us and he wants what is best for us. A lot of times God does not answer our prayer in the way we request it because God knows that it's not best for us. It's not the best thing that could happen in our life. Some people pray to get a house. They get the house and they have nothing but problems with it. They basically ask God to help them, but then they took things in their own hands and just made it happen. I have a good friend who was in business for years. He was an apartment builder. And he told me before he became a Christian, he used to just decide to do something and he would just knock down doors until he got it done. And some people say, well, that's a great quality. Well, it's a terrible quality because there's no reliance on God. And he said, some of the doors I knocked down, I wish I would have never even opened up. I wish I would have never even gone there because they turned out to be bad. So God can take us through what we face each and every day. And he wants to direct our steps. He wants to bless us. But sometimes when you don't get an answer to prayer, you might stop and think, maybe God has something better. Maybe God is warning us or helping us from getting involved in something that we should never be a part of. You see, our God's legacy is to take us through the obstacles we will face. God is not in competition with us to see who can do the best job for us. So let's let God be God. His promises are without limits. Allow me to give you another example of how God's promises outweigh the obstacles that we face. When the church I pastored needed to borrow funds to build our new facilities, we faced a great challenge. The obstacles were a new church with a small new congregation, no history, no guarantees of future income. When I went to our bank, we had little chance of getting a loan. You see, I understood that because I was a banker for 15 years, and I know how banks operate in the area of making loans, especially to churches. So when I went to the manager, she told me I had to speak to their senior vice president in the loan department. Now, I was concerned about this loan officer, you see, because she said if he likes it, he can approve it, regardless of the amount. But if he doesn't, there's no chance in the world you'll ever get it. So I thought, well, Lord, what do I do? How do I work this thing? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, why don't you just let God be God? Why don't you allow him to take care of this and just trust him? So I was concerned, yeah, about the loan officer. 
And I was wondering, will he understand our new church? Would he be open to even making a loan to a church? Then the manager walked up to me and said, let's go down the hall and I want to introduce you to this guy. So I made his way into his office. I stopped thinking about what I was going to do and how I was going to do it and what I was going to say. And I said, Lord, I just need your help. I need favor with this bank. You see, I think that's one way to get our faith to increase is to trust God, to ask him to give us favor and not to try and figure out a way to get favor on our own. God will give us favor in some of the most difficult situations if we'll just allow him to be who he is and allow him and his promises to take us through our obstacles and allow our faith to work according to his word. So I got into this loan officer's office. He looked at me and I recognized the face of the man. You see, I had known this guy for over 30 years. I didn't know that he worked there. I didn't know that he was the final decision maker when it came to making loans of the size we needed. You see, God knew that he was going to overcome the obstacle and he his newest promise to me was, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct our path. So I just gave up in my own thinking and just turned to God and trusted God. So I walked in to see this guy and there he was, a man that I'd known for all those years. You see, God had already arranged that. He had already planned for this thing to be taken care of. I sat down with this man. We talked about the old days when both of us were bankers. He was surprised to see that I was pastoring a church and I was surprised to see that he was a chief lending officer for this bank in Scottsdale, Arizona. We had a great visit and at the end of the time, he looked at me and he says, you know, you've done this before. You know how it goes. You know the system. He says, if you were the loan officer, would you make this loan? And I thought, boy, that's an interesting question. So I answered and I said, it's a good loan. It has a great future. It's going to be well secured. It's going to have a lot of collateral. We have many sources of income because we had at the time well over a thousand people attending our church. Our income was surging and was going up constantly and had been for seven years consistently. And so he looked at it and said, yep, I think you're right. Let's go ahead and do it. And so the big hurdle that we faced, God's promises said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Basically, God God's promises says, let me be me and you be you. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're challenged with something and you're facing a great challenge, maybe the best thing that you can do right now, not maybe, but I believe the best thing you can do right now is to just put it in God's hand. Trust him with all your heart. Believe that he's able. Know that he's able. Read his promises that he wants us to be. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us he wants to be the, us to be the lender and not even the borrower. He wants us to have favor with people, that God has a plan for us, that God has a purpose for our life. Those are all his promises. So walk in those promises and watch your faith grow. And as your faith grows, watch how your prayers are more effective. The Bible says the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You see, that's another promise of God. And we got to claim that promise and believe for it. Let me give you a statement here talking about the promises of God. The promises of God overcame the obstacle that I had. Now think about that statement. God's promises outweigh obstacles. They always do and they always will and they always have. How do we really believe this? Now, if we do, then start to claim that everything can come through obstacles, that God can bring something from nothing. I always reminded the members of our congregation that we will face obstacles, especially if we are willing to do something we have never done before. Obstacles can help us strengthen our faith. As believers in Jesus Christ, obstacles are an opportunity to strengthen our faith. Have you ever looked at an obstacle as an opportunity? 
opportunity to strengthen your faith? If you haven't, then it's time to change right now and start believing for that. Then when something happens, whether it's something that you think is impossible or whether it's just something that's going to be a great challenge or a difficult situation, just look at it and say, I take authority over this situation in the name of Jesus. I claim the promises of God and I see victory in my path and I'm going to call for something to happen from nothing that God's going to bring to life something that I've given up on in the past that God's going to make this happen. I believe it. I accept it. I receive it in Jesus' name. And if we start thinking that way and praying that way and believing that way, we're going to have increased faith and increased opportunities to give God glory and praise and honor for the mighty things that he's done and will continue to do. You know, if we catch the theme of these podcasts on faith, that everything comes from nothing, we will be able to face whatever obstacles come by. This podcast is designed to help us see that God's promises are always available to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 in the New Living Translation, we read these great words, for all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. There's another way to say that. God's promises are yea and amen or yes and yes. And that settles it and that does it. You see, when I became a Christian and I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I went to a church that had faith, a church that believed that God was able, and I heard people pray in ways that I'd never heard before. I was 25 years of age at the time that I became a Christian, and I had gone to churches as just a matter of routine. We went, the man said something, I didn't know what he was saying. He didn't really seek direction from the Holy Spirit. I never even heard about the Holy Spirit until I was after the, I was age of 25 or 26 years of age. I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was all about and what He was all about and how He was so vital and important to our walk with God. So, I remember, though, hearing people pray in this new church, and all of a sudden there was an energy, an excitement, and they were believing that God was able, and they were praying for things that most people just gave up on. They were praying for healings for people who had terminal cancer, and healings for people who had marriages that were gone and destroyed, and believing that God could bring them back. And all of a sudden, I started seeing things actually happen, and I heard of people who were healed. I had in my own situation, I remember a young man we were praying for. One night, went to church. My wife and I were there on a Wednesday night, midweek service they called it. And we went to church and the pastor at the end of it said, everyone come forward, we're going to pray. And there was a little boy that was up there on his dad's shoulders and he was holding his son up high. I think it was probably a four or five-year-old boy. And the pastor said, we need to pray. And he said the name of the young man. I forget the little boy's name, but he said his name. We just said, we just need to pray for him. So I closed my eyes and I looked at the little boy first, grasped who he was, looked that he was very weak, very frail. And I closed my eyes and I said, Lord, whatever his problem is, I just pray in Jesus' name that you'd heal him. And at that time, the Holy Spirit showed me in my own mind's eye, showed me this boy, little boy's body on the inside. I'm serious when I say that. Don't think I'm spooky, but I did. I could picture this little guy and the blood flowing through his body. And, and I kind of looked at his little heart was beating because I, I knew what a heart would look like. And then the kidneys. And I saw that there was a kidney that was in terrible condition and it looked like it was dying. And so I said, Father, in Jesus' name that you'd heal that kidney in Jesus' name, period. And I stopped. And then I thought, well, oh, that was interesting. I'd never had anything like that happen to me before. And so I went up to the pastor after the service and said, Pastor, I want to let you know what took place and about the prayer. And he said, that's wonderful. He says, this little boy, I didn't say what his need was, but this little boy, he said, is going on for surgery tomorrow to have his kidney removed. I said, a kidney? And he said, yeah. He says, he's got a kidney that's diseased and has, has died, has basically not functioning. And they're going to remove it before it becomes a problem for the rest of his body. And so I said, well, I, I believe that he was healed. 
old. So he said, well, we'll believe that with you also. And he didn't say anything to anyone else. And he said, so Sunday in church, we'll just see how he's doing. So we came back to church on Sunday and the pastor got up and he said, we had a great miracle take place this week. He said, this little boy that went in last week for surgery and he had the dad and the little boy come up front. He says, I want to tell you what took place. And the dad told the congregation that his son had a kidney diseased and that the doctor went in to remove it. And when the doctor looked at him and re-examined him, he said, there's nothing wrong with this kidney. It was gone, he said. The last time we looked at it, the x-rays, everything we did showed us the kidney was diseased and was not functioning. And he said, but today he has a perfectly healthy kidney totally functioning properly. And the doctor didn't know what was going on. The the dad said, well, I believe God healed him. The doctor said something like, well, I guess that's the only thing that could have happened. And then I went up to the dad at the end of service and told him what I had seen and that God had healed this little boy. And I saw it on the Wednesday night service. And I can't explain that. All other than I know is that the Holy Spirit was working in a special way. And my faith was growing because I was a new Christian. I believed that God was able to do anything because as a new believer, I got the Bible out. I read everything I could read. I went through the Bible three times times reading it from cover to cover, just trying to find interesting things and stories and trying to understand it. It was very hard for me to understand, but I just kept reading and reading and reading and waiting for the Lord to reveal to me the truth. And I would see scriptures on healing and how Jesus healed the sick and he healed the lame and he just was constantly touching and healing people. And then I read had read books about evangelists who were praying and people were healed. And so I just believe that God's power is still alive today and very well. And so God is able to, to raise the dead. God God is able to heal the sick. God is able to restore marriages. God is able to restore a business, uh, putting people back together, restore relationships. There's nothing impossible for God. So with that, we've got to believe that God's promises are yea and amen, or as it said in that scripture, that our promises have been filled in Christ with a resounding yes. You know, I'm not sure why I told you that story. It wasn't in my notes or the things that I prepared for this podcast today, but evidently I believe there's someone out there that needed to hear that message and hear that story that God is able to heal. So if you're challenged with a physical need right now, I'm just going to pray for you. I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are, but God does. So let's just pray to our God whose promises are yea and amen. Father, I pray for healing would flow now out of this podcast, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit into the lives of those who are listening in today. And I pray as people are there today that they would place their hand upon their body for whatever physical need they might have and say, in the name of Jesus, I call forth those things that are not as though they are. I receive my healing in Jesus' name. I believe that is the way we should pray. I believe with all my heart. Let me get back to my teaching today in this podcast. You see, God's promises are to take care of his people because he promised to take care of the people of Israel when they left Egypt. He protected them. He fed them. He led them. I like to call God's promises provision in advance. That's something I ought to do a podcast on someday is God's provision in advance. God knows what we need and he has the ability to bring it forth. See, God's promises outweigh the obstacles. They always have and they always will. Now believe that for your life that you can claim the promises of God for whatever your need is, whatever you're going through. God's promises are provision in advance. Allow me to give you another example of God's promises or provision in advance. One day I went to see the doctor getting my annual checkup for a prostate exam where they test your blood and they see how you're doing. I went to see him and the doctor said, you're doing great. Your tests are good. Your blood work is good. So I'll see you next year when you come in for your annual checkup. Well, as I was getting ready to leave, all of a sudden the doctor said, excuse me, just a second. He called me pastor. He said, pastor, I was just wondering, are you sure you're doing okay? And I said, well, yeah, I'm fine. Why? What do you, do you know something that I don't know? Have you seen something? He said, no, there's nothing that I can see that would make 
make me question you, but he says, I'm just curious. Are you sure you're feeling okay? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just fine. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. And so as I grabbed the doorknob to go out, he said, Pastor, I'm sorry, but are you sure that you're feeling okay? He said, I just feel like I need to ask you that question. Now, he was not a Christian, but see, I believe the Holy Spirit was there telling him to push in a little farther and check to be sure that his patient was okay. And so I looked at him, I said, well, doctor, honestly, I feel just fine. I said, I, I don't, I'm not sure I understand. You're the doctor and I'm the patient, so I'm not sure, but I, I'm not having any problems. He said, well, I don't know why, but I just have this feeling that there's maybe something we need to check. I said, well, I'm fine. I said, well, you know, I have this little kidney stone I'm going through. And he said, oh, what, what do you mean a kidney stone? And I said, yeah, I've passed a lot of kidney stones in my life. You see, I've probably had a hundred kidney stones which is something I wouldn't wish on anyone, but I've had, I used to have a problem with creating kidney stones quite frequently. And so I told him that and I said, I think I've got one in my left kidney, but it's, it's really no big deal. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, and he, I said, well, maybe it's in my right kidney. I don't know, but there's pain in my back. So anyways, he said, well, would you mind if we did an x-ray just to check that, just to be sure that that kidney stone's small enough to pass on its own and that you'll be fine. I said, yeah, sure. That's fine. If it makes you feel better. Cause I said, I really, I'm not concerned. I'll just drink a lot of water and it'll either break up and pass or pass through or it'll be gone. Anyway, so he said, well, let's do that. So we went in and we took the test the way he desired and got all the x-rays. He called me back in after the x-rays a day or so and he said, Pastor, he says, I, I've got some bad news for you. He said, you know that pain that you said you had in your left kidney? He said, with a kidney stone, you're right. There is a little small kidney stone in there, but it's very small. It'll most likely just break up and pass like you said. He said, but while we were x-raying and checking your kidneys, we noticed that there was something on your right kidney. He said, we know for sure that you have a malignant tumor growing on your right kidney. It's on the outside of it, but your kidney needs to be removed. You can't remove the tumor. It will destroy your kidney, but your kidney has to be removed and it has to be done right away. And he said, so I need you to, we need to schedule surgery and we need to get it done. And so I looked at him and I said, well, isn't that something? I guess God knew something that you didn't know or I didn't know. And he said, yeah, I had a feeling you'd probably say something like that. So he scheduled me for surgery and said, you're going to have to get surgery to have the kidney removed. So that week I told the congregation that I had a little problem. I had a little something on my kidney that needed to be taken care of. I'd be out of the church for a couple of days, but then I'd be back and I'd be just fine. Well, the doctor said, you're going to be out for six weeks at least having your right kidney removed. And it's a difficult process, lots of surgery lots of issues, lots of incisions and things. We're going to have to remove a couple of ribs in order to get to the kidney to remove it. And he said, but I'll schedule it. So I when I told the church all this stuff that I'd heard from the doctor, that basically it wasn't a big deal. I told him, it's really not a big deal. I'll be gone for a couple days. A doctor in our congregation came to me after the service and he said, tell me about this little problem, this little thing. And I said, well, this is what the doctor said. And I told him the full story. I didn't want to worry the church. So I told him the full story and said, but I'm going to be just fine. He said, yeah, I know you are. He said, but there's a new procedure out. And he said, they won't have that. They don't have to do that big surgery process anymore. More, they can take your kidney out through your belly button. Now that's pretty shocking. Maybe it's surprising to some of you, but nonetheless, first time I'd heard it, this was 20 years ago, by the way. And so we went ahead and scheduled it. The doctor met with me. My doctor in my church met with this new doctor at another hospital because he was qualified to do that. Very few doctors were. We went to the new doctor. He said, sure, I'll be happy to do it. You're going to be just fine. And I said, oh yeah, God's got this in his hand. And so he removed my kidney and I was only out of church about three days. They took it out like on a Wednesday, and by Sunday, I was back at church. 
pretty amazing. You see, God knew there was a problem, and he used someone else to be able to speak to me to solve a problem in my life. One of God's promises is that he'll guide us and direct us. He'll provide for us, and he's always there. And I looked back on that situation. I thought, Lord, interesting that you used someone who was a non-believer to bring up a question that resulted in something that most likely saved my life because the doctor later told me that that kidney would have been gone in a very short period of time, would have had cancer spreading through my body. It would have attached to most likely at least my pancreas or my liver, possibly my lungs. And he said, you probably by next year when your checkup, you may not even have made it by then because this thing was ready to open up and just spread through your body. So you see, God's promises are yes and amen. God knows what we need and he'll send other people to us to speak life into us. If we'll only listen and listen and wait for the voice of God to be used through us or maybe someone else who can speak something in our, into our life that will give us a blessing that came directly from the throne of grace. Well, I can see I'm out of time for this particular podcast. As you know, and as I promised you at the beginning of this, that there is definitely something that God can do in our lives to increase our faith, and His promises are always going to be there for us. And we've got to remember that as our faith grows, we can learn how the promises of God always outweigh the obstacles that we face in our life. So claim the promises of God and watch the obstacles in your life disappear or be taken care of by the mighty hand of God. So let me pray for you as we close up today's podcast. Father, thank you for this teaching today. I pray you would bless these people, Father. Thank you for the opportunity I've had to give a testimony of your goodness, your greatness, your power, Father, and your ability, Father, to bring your promises, Father, to life in each and every one of us. Now, thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just close by saying this. If you have an interest in these teachings that I've had on faith, you could go to my webpage, davidcfriendauthor.com, and if you'll pull up my webpage, you'll see that I have several books written on top topics like faith and topics on generosity and financial prosperity and topics I think that'll bless you and your family. This particular teaching I have on faith is being taught through a book that I've written entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's a book on faith and there's a chapter in here that deals with this subject matter and what I do from week to week is I take a chapter, I look at it, I read it, and I pray about what I should do and I'll use some sentences in there to maybe give me an outline on what I can teach and give you each and every time we have a podcast. So we're going to continue using that material that I've written and I know that God's going to use it to bless you and I know that your faith is going to grow and increase and to God be all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. So if you have interest in getting those books, I've given you my webpage, so would love to have you go there and take advantage of that. Now, if you're interested in subscribing to my podcast, you can go to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen you know, to your podcast. If you tune in my podcast, you will see that we'll stay on a track to help you live a quality Christian life. Having greater faith is part of having a quality Christian life. Having financial success is part of a quality Christian life. Believing for miracles in your life is the same. And believing for people to bless you and help you when you reach out and help them is living that quality Christian life. So that's what I want for you, and I pray that God will bless you with it. Let me give you a quick reminder in the teaching we had today. We must let God be God. He wants to bless us. He wants what is best for us. And the promises of God overcome the obstacles. 
So let me just pray a blessing over you as we wrap this up today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled Experience Defining Moments That Lead to Greater Faith. Once again, I'm excited about what's coming up. Tell your friends and neighbors to tune in for this next podcast. I know God will richly bless you. So until next time, may God richly bless all you put your hand to. In Jesus' name, amen.